You are listening to the Staffing Tech Podcast Series. In this series, staffing executives offer valuable insights for leaders across the industry to learn from. The ultimate goal of the podcast is to elevate the discussion of staffing technology, provide actionable insights to decision makers, help listeners learn from the experience, successes, and sometimes failures of leaders who have innovated and are moving the space forward and enhance the future state of the staffing industry. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoy the podcast. One question I've got on the client side, are you are you seeing clients come to you with kind of specific demands for technology or when you've gone to clients and said, hey, we've got this differentiated offering, you know, has it had a wowing effect on clients or is it more just kind of like a, what have you done for me lately? I think that, you know, you have different, you have different types of customers, right? You know, if you have a third sure. of customers that are just transactional and then you have a third of customers that are seasonal and then you have a third of customers that are with you all the time. Yeah. You know, those last two give you, they give you insights on, on what you could maybe do better, what they're looking for, constantly talking to customers, collecting data, and then intentional around, we want our recruiters to recruit and our salespeople to sell. So if you're spending time talking to customers to figure out what things can you eliminate that allow your internal folks to do their jobs better while giving them, you know, the right data and information faster so they don't have to go look for it. I think that's where we've spent a lot of time is trying to figure out what can we give them so they understand exactly where they stand with a talent, with a contract, whatever the case may be, whatever data they might be looking for on a particular project. I think that without them having to make a phone call to a salesperson to say, hey, can you get me this? That they kind of have it at their fingertips if they want it, or we already have it at our fingertips, we can shoot it over. You know, that's where we kind of spent, spent our time. But I think, you know, you're going to have different types of customers. And so every customer can teach you and train you on what you need. But we're, we're really focused on what the customer needs, not so much what we think is cool to build. Right, right. Which is, I, I, I would agree that's the appropriate strategy or approach to take. How do you guys measure your uh, your ROI on, you know, the tools that you use and the the investments that you make, particularly for, you know, maybe emerging areas or, you know, something new that you're going to you're going to run a pilot on? How do you think about ROI of, of kind of technology investments? So I'll tell you in the beginning, our CFO, even today, I mean, we, you, you buy something and you, you got to make sure that, you know, right away, if you're going to purchase an, uh, an organization or build something, you have to hit milestones. And so for us in the beginning, it wasn't so much the ROI, but are we hitting milestones that we put in place that we feel like we're on the right track? And so that's, I I think that's a really good place to start. I don't think that we had the mentality in the beginning as much. I think that we were super excited to be, and this is 100% on my shoulders, you know, we want to be a talent technology company. We want to lean, we want to lean into technology. And then you start building stuff and you're like, holy, what, wait a minute, what am I doing here? What, what, how do you measure ROI or, or, or where is this, you know, when's the spend going to stop? <laughs> right, right. What's That's the, the yeah. What's the impact going to be? And, you know, thank God for having great people around you. But yeah, the simple stuff, you know, from a, te- from a staffing perspective, you know, you look for, you know, you look for duration, you look for completed assignments, you look for NPS scores. You know, we have a lot of our right. different, a lot of our different, you know, measurements of ROI depending on what we're doing. You know, for instance, in our, you know, our talent today group, you know, a lot of times when we're working with a customer, they want they want to assess soft skills and in individuals and kind of look at. They actually want to determine what the ROI is, and 
and what they're looking for. So then, you know, then you have to customize certain things, you know, but for us internally, it's really, you know, the simple stuff. Can we get a longer duration? Can we increase margin? Can we find people a little bit faster and deploy them faster? Or, you know, one of the things that we looked at, I think that our industry struggles with a little bit is can you deploy talent a second and third time? Right. Because of technology and because of how you're communicating, can you actually look at the life cycle of a, of a, of a talent? And if they don't go perm, by the way, is a great ROI. If you get, you know, continuous business and people, you know, convert onto an FTE. But for us is if, if it's going to be a project-based opportunity, can you actually turn that talent into a couple different opportunities with understanding what they like? And what they're looking for and what another customer is looking for, not just to turn them into an opportunity, but making sure it fits and making sure you have the data to show a customer why they're a fit. But, you know, there's a couple different ways to, to look at the ROI, David, depending on what you're building and, and what you're measuring. Got it. I think it's in our, you know, experience, it's, it's fascinating to bring that up. There's, there's basically, there's some things that are easy to measure, you know, easy to see, are you getting ROI? And then there's some almost, you know, derivative derivative ROI metrics and I think that's probably going to be things like 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 NPS or you know possibly even the ability to you know redeploy someone yeah there, there's there's been times where because of our our data group or you know our customer success group that they're going in and helping us present or doing something with a customer and deploying some technology those folks are brought into the opportunity at presentation time and sometimes in, in the middle of a deal, not necessarily the beginning of a deal, a lot of, of what they bring to the table, you know, helps us close. So right, all stuff that, you know, you can, you know, we've had just like every organization, we're like, yeah, we got that deal because of our customer success people. Well, are you sure? Because they would have probably bought anyway. It's kind of like, okay, well, you got to measure it somehow. And every deal that they're involved with, you know, 72% of every deal that <laughs> is involved with close. I would say it's probably, you know, pretty good chance that they're a part of it. That is awesome. Other quick question. I'm, I'm curious, you know, to, to what extent for the big companies, you know, the big staffing firms that have made acquisitions, you know, they haven't gotten, you know, tech company valuations uh, by any means. And I'm, I'm wondering, you know, does, does technology investment or, you know, acquiring a company, can it potentially, you know, change the staffing company? Can it change your valuation? Can it increase your valuation? Or, you know, maybe if it's done poorly, can it decrease your valuation? It's a great question. So we've, we have an evaluation of our business done every year because we have a, an internal call it map plan, kind of like a, a stock appreciation rates plan. So yep. we are really thoughtful around, you know, understanding that world a little bit. And, and what I'll say is that technology can absolutely have an impact on that, you know, particular valuation. It, it is obviously you look at what's happening in the marketplace today. It's pretty crazy. Right. <laughs> sure. You know, I don't think any of us are getting Coinbase valuations, but yeah, <laughs> but not until you launch your, uh, your, your blockchain, uh, your, your blockchain backend or something, Andrew. No, <laughs> <laughs> but, but I, I don't know what the bigger companies are doing as far as, you know, acquisitions and, and how they're, you know, using technology to increase their value. What I will right. say is we have not acquired anybody. We're you know, 20 years old as a company, and I think we've done a, a, a tremendous job. And we just keep reinvesting back into how, we, how can we make our company the best company to work for. And, and if you're leaning into the future, you've got to have technology as a piece of the, 
the puzzle. I often think also, David, it's kind of like at what point is it table stakes that you just have to be that way? That's right. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. At some point, that's exactly right. Yeah. There's, there's some stuff right now that's cutting edge and eventually it gets to a point where, you know, the industry is just broadly adopted and yeah, it becomes table stakes. That's right. Yeah. And, and, and the people that I see that have been, you know, super successful, you know, they kind of that old adage, like everything in moderation, we're going to be really great to our customers. We're going to be fanatical around our customers. We're going to understand what they want. If they want technology, what technology is out there that I can plug into? What can I leverage? Some organizations are going to be super successful just doing that. You don't have to go out and develop your own technology to win in this game. I think at the end of the day, people want, you know, want to have the right information at their fingertips. They want to be treated well, and they want to find a great candidate in, in a timely fashion. I'm not sure yet how impacted margins will be as we travel into this in the future of how technology will, you know, impact our industry. I think that there's not there's not this kind of mandate that everybody needs to go now and, you know, find a dev shop and, you know, survey customers and then bring back information and build technology. I don't think you necessarily have to do that, but you have, I think what we all have to consider is understanding what, what our managers and what our VPs and that we're working for, what do they want us to do and how do they want us to behave? So that's excellent. And I guess just the, the, the last piece here on kind of the, the whole additive conversation in terms of candidate preferences, I think that's, that's kind of an important point. So you're, you're obviously, you're talking to clients cause you know, they're the ones writing the check, but you know, the, uh, the product for lack of a better word is candidates. And so are you seeing changes in the way that, you know, candidates interact with your company or maybe the way that your recruiters interact with candidates or is there changes in, you know, the kinds of staffing firms that, that, you know, candidates want to, want to work for? Yeah, I think, you know, again, you know, you look at Innovero and their assessments and, you know, we've we've had a chance to be a part of that, you know, Innovero best in talent, best in staffing talent and 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 client. We're super proud of that. You know, if you look at our our we have a talent HR group and we have an internal HR group. We've really listened to what Eric Gregg has to say around how how are you treating your talent? How are you showing up for them? How are you following up? And I think that that type of of customer service or, or fanatical customer experience is what our talents, our talent expects from all of us. I think the world is going to change a little bit. You know, there's a lot of, there's a B2B philosophy and a B2C philosophy. And I think a lot of what's happening today is really leaning towards how are you showing up for the talent and, and giving the talent what they need to be successful. And that might be additional training. That might be opportunities for them to network, try new jobs, and how are you putting them in a position where they can do that? How how and what are you doing that they would come back to you for two and three and four different opportunities? So, yeah, I'm, I'm excited where that that's going. I think there's going to be some really unique things from a talent perspective over the next couple of years that will change the game a little bit from how we need to show up as a, a staffing organization. To, to that's super interesting. It's just one kind of example I've seen. I've seen recently, you know, we're, we're doing a kind of a report on, uh, you know, matching systems right now. And there's a company who basically got out of the, you know, building an algorithm to match the job rec to the resume. Basically, they're trying to build, you know, candidate preference to, to company culture, which is just like, you know, it's like fundamentally different approach, right? I think it will be interesting to see how this evolves in the next couple of years. Yeah. I mean, you want, you want to also, you want to be able to put people in situations where they succeed. And so, you know, I just joined a, a certain forum group, it's called Flourish Forums, 
where we, we, we took assessments and we filled the seats of that forum group with different types of, of people that could actually help folks out, right? There's really good operators. There's really good idea people. So when you're building teams, can you be a little bit more thoughtful on how you're building teams? And if talent understand themselves better and they know where they fit or what types of environments they fit in the best and they're overt around it or intentional around it, can they look at opportunities and cultures differently and and better to set themselves up to win? Thank you for listening to the third episode of the Executives Talking Tech podcast series. Stay tuned for the next podcast entitled The Future State of Staffing, Competitive Threats and Forecasts on Tomorrow's Staffing Space. 